we're never what we think people we're never as bad as we people think we are we're mm. never as great as we, mm. people think mm. we are Good point. so so we just need to keep ourselves in perspective and i think again going back to what i would say to my younger self keep yourself in perspective you're yeah. not what you think you are and uh and i'm definitely not what i thought i was right. <laughs> you know yeah. and i think that keeps us humble you know it, it, it's the lord anything that happens you know yeah we have to put in the labor we need to be diligent to uh show ourselves up prove unto god as the yeah. word the word says but not not take ourselves so seriously yeah. Hey everyone, welcome to the Expositors Collective Podcast, episode 62. I'm your host, Mike Neglia, and thanks for listening. On this episode, our special guest is Pastor Chris McCarrick from Cornerstone Calvary Chapel in Howell, New Jersey. Now, if you've been listening for the past couple of weeks, um, you might recognize his voice uh, because he's the guy at the end of the episodes inviting you to come to New Jersey for the next Expositors Collective training weekend. Um, He is hosting us on September 20th and 21st for our training weekend. And, uh, you know, if you're on the East Coast, if you're able to travel to the East Coast, if you live in New Jersey, um, then I really encourage you to visit our website, find out more details, um, get registered and sign up because you're going to get a chance to learn from Chris himself and a great team of experienced Bible teachers and preachers. We want to help you succeed in your calling and your ministry. Now, also in this episode, there's a a special guest co-host, Pastor Riley Taylor from Seattle. Um, If you've listened to the earlier episodes, um, there was one of his uh, main sessions on the importance of like homiletics. And then also there was a a really great interview with him as well. So if you want to hear more from Riley, you can scroll back and find those older episodes with him. Well, anyway, as we have this great conversation in the city of New York a couple months ago, uh, we talk about kind of a lot of things, but mainly the importance of just like steady diets of healthy word-based ministry and how us and our churches We don't just need spectacular once-off events, but we need that steady rhythm of hearing God's word wisely and timely delivered again and again and again. So in a culture that maybe is obsessed with events or with high-performance once-off occasions, there's that real importance in the life of the individual Christian and the church worldwide for just that steady diet of word-based ministry. So I hope you enjoy this conversation, and I hope that I see many of you in New Jersey later on in September. I hope that this episode and all that we do at the Expositors Collective helps you to grow in your personal study and your public proclamation of God's Word. Enjoy the episode. Hey, welcome to the Expositors Collective podcast. Uh, me and my temporary co-host, Riley. To very temporary. Yes, I'm, I'm glad you're here. We have Chris McCarrick with us. Um, hi, Chris. How are you? Hey, great. Good to be with you guys. Hey, Chris. Yeah. So where are we? We are in New York City, in Queens, New York. And we are in uh, the Nysum building, which is the place where the Calvary Chapel Bible College, Queens, New York, is held. Yeah. And uh, it's a great place. Yeah, we're in a classroom right now, right? Yeah, it's very warm here. We're li- I feel like we're in some sort of basement of some sort of 
old tuberculosis place where they used to burn bodies or something. Really weird. That's exactly <laughs> what I was not thinking. <laughs> Doesn't it feel like that kind of place, like where it's like the boiler room? And it, it is like it that. Like we are in a basement. Like, there's like big, huge smokestacks there, in the building. And there are all those things going on, I'm sure. <laughs> I, I'm sure. <laughs> hey, hey, Chris, so I'm, I'm actually stoked to have both of you because, Riley, you just came from our last Expositors Collective yeah. training weekend. And then, Chris, you are hosting our next one. Yeah. So this is kind of a, a hinge. Um, Riley, what, what happened at the last one? Oh, man. It was awesome. I mean, basically what happens at all of them, which is a lot of young people who are interested or either getting started with preaching and just looking to sharpen their skills or get opportunities. My small group with a few guys who had barely preached at all just grew probably by 300% just by learning the terminology, learning the goal, learning the heart behind expository preaching. And I think that happened for every single person who came every, I think all 150 people. It was, it was fantastic. Yeah. Yeah. I appreciate that. It's, it it was a good time. It was a good time. Um, so Chris, you are involved in hosting the next one. Why, why do you want to host it? Well, uh, my son, Mike went to the one in, um, Denver. Yeah. Uh, was that the first or second one? It was our second one. Second one you had. Yeah. And so uh, we sent him out there just because uh, I was speaking with Pete Nelson, and Pete was telling me the vision for this. And I always have a heart to see young men, young women get to know the word and, yeah. and be able to communicate it in a more clear way. And I just love the vision. You know, I read about it on your webpage, and I've talked with Pete at depth, in depth about it. He's a talker. And, uh, yeah, he, 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 he'll, he, you let him run, he'll run. That's good. Um, and so, uh, you know, I, I said, well, let's have it here. On the, we need one on the East Coast. Yeah. And and I said, well, we'll host it. It's that simple. You know, we'll do it because it's, uh, I love the vision. You know, I've been involved in a lot of different things with the Bible colleges and also some discipleship ministries where you just train young people. And I've, I've found that, you know, you just pour a little bit into them and it kind of just ignites a fire, you know, and, yeah. and to be able to ignite a fire of expository preaching, really great stuff. Yeah, so. and, and, and hopefully that will last for, for decades. To yeah. So it's, yeah. A, it's a short-term intense investment that will hopefully be bearing fruit yeah. for months, years. Speaking of hosting, we got to host one in the Northwest. Well, that's your problem, man. I know. And <laughs> so we'll talk about it. We will off air. But yeah, just Justin Thomas has already been talking to us. About oh, that, okay. So, yeah. Um, hey, so let, help us get to know you a bit more. Um, what was your first sermon like? How did you get involved in this? Yeah, my first sermon do ever. You, do you remember? Yeah. I do. Uh, I was thrown into it. Yeah. It, was, it wasn't really a sermon. It was a bi- home Bible study. Okay. But um, my brother-in-law was teaching a home Bible study in my home. And it was That's to, where they take place. Yeah, it was supposed to start at, uh, at 7 o'clock at night, and he called me at 6 and told no. me he couldn't come. No. And I was a Christian for six months at the time. And uh, I said, well, what am I supposed to do? You can't come. He said, you do it. And I said, do what? <laughs> I don't even know what to do. And I, my favorite passage was John 14. And so I went in my bedroom and got on my knees and cried yeah. and said, you know, Lord, give me something from John 14 because, you know, at least I at least I'd read it enough times. Yeah. And uh, I sat down and gave a Bible study and I started the study by saying, um, you know, Jesus said, you believe in God, you believe also in me. And uh, and I said, well, that means Jesus is saying he is God. And little did I know that sitting in my in my living room that day was a Jehovah Witness. Oh. And um, by the end of that night, he got saved. And so I thought, well, hey, this is kind of fun. Wow. You know, maybe I'll learn to do this a little bit. Wow. And so I got wow. some training uh, at Applegate Fellowship in uh, just in, in sitting in, uh, under, under the teaching of John Corson and also my, my brother-in-law and a lot of the other leaders there. And, 
And uh, really, I did most of my stuff by just trial and error. You know, you just sit down and do it, and you know, you figure if if a few people come back, maybe it's working a little bit. And I remember, I remember the first sermon I gave in my church. Okay, and that was um, uh, we started. We had about thirty-five people at my first Sunday service. And uh, I preached, and next week there were only like 15. So I figured, yeah, maybe I need to work on this a little bit. (laughs) Well, that touches on a topic that I've talked to a lot of people at the Expositors Collective, just something I try to really um, hit on a lot. Because young people, um, I've noticed, can sometimes turn down opportunities Mm -hmm. out of fear, Mm -hmm. which I understand. But preaching is something that you get better at by doing. That's right. And a lot of seminaries have very few preaching courses and even there's not a whole lot of emphasis on it mainly because it's just not something you learn in a classroom no it's true you can learn how to study i think a lot mm-hmm. uh, but homiletics preaching and then just being given the opportunities to do it are so crucial and you're only going to get those opportunities by saying yes to more op- other opportunities and so I, I try to encourage people, and it sounds like you're just another story, just like mine, just like Mike, that you you do a home Bible study, you you speak in the kids ministry, you mm-hmm. do a small group, you you speak at youth group, mm-hmm. you know, you just give your testimony, do a devotional. It's that's how you improve. Yeah, and we're doing that even in our own church with our leaders. We we just kind of restarted that, and Expositor was kind of the thing that got us oh, moving back. Wonderful. We used to do this quite a bit. I used to meet with a group of leaders. And we would give them a passage and, and say, okay, next week you're, you're teaching on five, you know, five minutes or ten minutes on that passage. Yeah. And we used to kind of do that. And we kind of got away from it for a while. And part of, because of expositors, like we said, let's start doing this again. So we have a leadership meeting on uh, Saturday mornings once a month. And, and we give a guy, okay, you're on. And, you know, you're going to speak for 10, 15 minutes to the group. And, you know, it's, they stumble. They struggle. Yeah. Uh, but it's okay, yeah. you know, because they're among people who love them. And you let them stumble and struggle and, and, you know, even maybe be with them and critique them and help them a little yeah. bit, you know. So. And, and you're giving them a gift. Yeah, absolutely. It's, it's an assignment that, that is work and it causes you. You mentioned you got on your knees and you cried. Yeah, sure. <laughs> um, but, but that is a, a chance for them to dig into God's word and it is a chance for them to, to have that at the very least. That's probably the, the, the lowest motivation, but it's experience. Yes, I mean, and, and there's higher motivations, obviously. Yeah, but sure. it's experience that we gain from that. Yeah, yeah. Amen. Okay, so you prepared for that first message by getting on your knees and crying. <laughs> yeah, right. Is that how you prepare for all of your messages? What, what, is, what has grown and changed since, since then? Yeah, well, um, in my prep, I, I, I do a lot of, um, I take a lot of handwritten notes. And so I, I compile by both reading, studying, studying the passage. I do kind of an inductive study, okay. I, a little hybrid of the inductive study, but I basically use the inductive study. And then I, I accumulate about sometimes 10, 15, even 20 pages, 30 pages of written notes. And some of that is from the inductive. Some of it is from commentaries. Some of it is from word studies. Some of it is from listening to a, a, a teaching of, an, of a favorite pastor of mine or something. Yeah. And, I, and I kind of compile it all. And then I take my notes and I put them aside. And I sit and I start to type. Yeah, really? Okay. And whatever I remember... <laughs> from what I'd learned, yeah, is kind of what I kind of roll with as far as what the message is going to formulate into. Stuff. And then I take, a, uh, I sort of just do that on my on my computer, and I take a plain sheet of paper flat out and I write an outline. 
And then from my notes and my computer and my outline, I kind of mesh them together and I come up with my, you know, and that whole process takes me between, it's a little faster today because of the internet and, and word studies and the things you can do. I mean, I used to do it with the books on the table and the whole deal, mm. you know, now mm. I, it's quite quick, you know, so I would say minimum, uh, minimum of, you know, six hours, probably many times 15 to 20 hours, you know, to do that. So, um, and of course, now having studied through the Bible a couple of times and taught through the Bible completely, yeah. I have notes on every chapter of the Bible pretty much. Um, and so I, I confess I do cheat with my own notes. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I go back and I, I read them. And I even go back sometimes and even listen to my old messages. That is hard to do, mm. I must confess, because mm. mm. I listen to them and I'm like, oh, did I really say that? You know, But it's actually beneficial uh, it, it, it's actually a really good thing to listen to yourself. Okay. I like what you said about writing all these notes and then whatever you remember yeah. comes out. I think that's a cool workflow in which you are essentially building into the workflow this this authenticity right. with the scripture. Right. That it has to penetrate your heart. Right. It has to get in your head. Right. So it's very easy to copy and paste. Oh, yeah ideas quotes um points and they're not really in your heart it's easier today than ever than ever before, because totally. of the internet i mean yeah. you can yeah. you can take a topic put don't do this but you can take a topic look it up in the internet and you can come up with an outline in a, in 15 minutes Certainly. and so would you say that there's a reason that you keep that workflow and you there's a re- why why would you say it's so important not to copy and well, I mean what if you're copying based the best of the best well like, you know why would you I mean look Warren Risby is a guy right who's put out these outlines that are you know and we've all heard a lot of other people preach Warren Risby's outlines yeah. and they're great yeah. I stay away from them until the last thing I'm doing if I'm going to read them because I would be tempted to copy them mm. and mm. you said the reason I would do that is because that very thing I want the message to come from my heart. I want the, I want the Lord to have spoken to me, and I'm delivering to them what God has spoken to me. Yeah. Not what, I mean, information is great, right? It can be beneficial to get information, but if it's not inspiration, yeah. then it's nothing. You know, if we don't have the inspiration of the Spirit, and I think that's where, it, when it comes, I think for me it comes as I work through that stuff. And as I get to that, hmm. that place where, you know, okay, now I've got a clean slate and I've studied it all out and I, this is what, you know, this is where I am. And now, Lord, what do you want to say? Yeah. What do you want to say today? Because, yeah. yeah. you know, there's a lot of different directions you can go with a given passage, Absolutely. right? So. Well, well, do you know what? Last, last week, I preached a Warren Wearsby outline. And the way that I landed there was I, I read, I wrote... Um, I have a, an intern at the moment, and then me and the intern, we sat down together, we talked through the passage, we were taking notes, and and then we kind of lumped into these three different sections, and then I looked at Warren Wearsby. And it was the same. It was the same. <laughs> I've done it. It was the same. Yeah. And so, but yeah, I, I, I tend to save Wearsby and Guzik yep. until the end. Yeah, I mean, Because sure. I, find, I find each of them so quotable, so mm-hmm. easy, so good, I deliberately save them to the end. Yeah. And, um, but yeah, it just happened that I just broke up Second Thessalonians chapter two verse sixteen to chapter three verse five the same way in the same three headings that, that he did and I just was like oh cool 
Yeah, there and, we go. And thanks, you know what that means? You know what I the same truth. We discovered. Yeah. You know, we actually. Oh wow, I was right on this one. Yeah. Because <laughs> yeah. Yeah. yeah, that it's like simultaneously encouraging. Oh, I'm on the right track. Yeah. While also like, oh, I'm not original. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, none of us are, right? None of us are. So. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So we kind of talked through a bit of your your workflow. Um, what would you say now, as like a, an older gentleman, to your younger self? What do you wish that you knew? What do you oh, wish that you gosh. put into practice 10 years ago, 20 years ago? In relationship to studying specifically or in relationship to oh, if preaching you have, if you have or like anything. wisdom for life, I'm Dude, sure we can I, learn from it. There's so much. Let's, I can't, let's focus on the, the studying slash preaching aspects. Well, I think the preaching end of it, I would take myself a lot less serious. Okay. You know, I think... I, I, what do you mean? Well, I think it, I would... I've relaxed a lot in my in my preaching style and in my uh even my my attitude toward what I'm doing in that I, like I used to think honestly the sermon was the be all and end all of mm. everything within mm. my church mm. and if I didn't deliver you know it was like you know and I've come to learn that church body life is so much more than me preaching on Sunday morning and and I and not that I don't put the same importance on it mm-hmm. but I don't think i'm as important as i used to be so that's how would you how would you then describe the role of preaching in body life how has your understanding of your of the pulpit's place in that life how has it been clarified or fine-tuned over the years yeah i think um i think that i would i would want to say to my younger self like what you what you need to do is to take you're help, you want to help people to see God in your preaching. Mm. You, don't, you don't have to deliver. You don't have to be the funniest guy. You don't have to be the most dynamic guy. You don't have to be all these things that you think you have to be right. or because you listen to somebody else. But you want to help this person who's sitting in front of you see something, some aspect about the Lord and some way in which the Lord can touch their life that day. And... and you know, the three points or all the illustrations or the, you know, the great closing, it, it, you know, it's like, okay, that's good. Yeah. Do it. Yeah. But, you know, I mean, I've had people come to me about a sermon and, and they'll, they'll say, oh, that was a great sermon, Pastor. Great, great message. Oh, yeah. So I, a lot, many times I said, well, what was it exactly? That, you know, what really spoke to you? Oh, you just got out of the whole thing, you know, <laughs> and you know they're not really. <laughs> but but I want to, I, I actually ask them that now, point it. And I've actually yeah. said from the pulpit, if you're going to tell me that, it, it, that you thought my message was great, you better be ready for my question. Oh, okay. Because yeah. I'm going to ask you what you specifically meant. Because I want to know, like, and not, not, to, not for strokes, but so that, I can hear that God has really spoken to you. Mm. Have you ever had people just so hesitant to answer that they just leave the church? Oh yeah, <laughs> <laughs> sure. I mean, I, or, or perhaps the, the pleasant comments after the service have, yeah. have been more meaningful. Yeah, I mean, that's really what I mean. To me, we're never what we're never what we think people. We're never as bad as we people think we are. We're mm. never as great as we, mm. people think mm. we are. Good point. So. So we just need to keep ourselves in perspective. And I think, again, going back to what I would say to my younger self, keep yourself in perspective. You're yeah. not what you think you are. And uh, and I'm definitely not what I thought I was. Right. <laughs> you know? Yeah. And I think that keeps us humble. You know, it's the Lord. Anything that happens, you know, yeah, we have to put in the labor. We need to be diligent to uh, 
show ourselves approved unto God, as yeah. the word the word says, but not not take ourselves so seriously. Yeah. You know, so. yeah, and it's that probably that consistent week in week out, Sunday after Sunday cumulative preaching that probably matters more than one good message no doubt about yeah. it 25 years i've been doing this now yeah. and um the 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 fruit i see in the person that's been sitting in our church for 10 years and was was saved in our church and now is serving or is an elder or mm. is a, a deacon or is serving in the sunday school ministry that fruit is way better than the person who walks out crying that sunday morning because wow what yeah. you touched my heart you know yeah. And, and, and a lot of those people, I had a guy one time, this is, a, this is one of those preaching things. You know, a guy comes to me, we had a really small church at the time, 50 people at most. And, and this guy comes, and he was, he was from Skip Heitzig's church, and he just moved to the area. Okay. Comes to our Sunday service, he and his family, after service, raving. Oh, this is the greatest thing I've ever been. We happen to have somebody cancel for lunch. We had an extra, come over for lunch. I mean, he and his wife just... They practically worship me. <laughs> and, and he went to Skip Heitzig's church. And I'm like, Skip Heitzig? Like, he says, you're just like Skip. I'm like, well, I don't have blonde hair, but okay. You know, you're just, you know, and he's going into this whole thing. I never saw him again. Oh. Never <laughs> saw him again. Wow. I don't know what happened to him. Wow. I don't know if he moved back to Albuquerque. Maybe he got kidnapped. I don't yeah. <laughs> I have no that idea. Must, the point be. is this. That guy was, you know, I, I was the greatest preacher on planet Earth. Yeah. Never saw him again. So would I rather have that or would I rather have that person who's been sitting in 10 years and serving and, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. no doubt. Yeah. No doubt. No comparison. How do you preach to that? Because preaching is such a moment. It's such a moment. You know, like I come from a filmmaking world and films you make to have a long shelf life. Replayability, you know rent it buy it but a sermon is so in the moment even a podcast is like has a week long right. shelf life so it's like uh how do you preach the long game and not preach for the moment yeah moment for the accolades yeah, or whatever yeah yeah i mean I, I i really believe it's the word and the spirit that does the long game you know, I can get the laugh sometimes. And I mean, I've had, again, the people say, oh, that's funny. Boy, you're really funny today. You know, because sometimes I'm, you know, bald guy is funny, you know. Uh, <laughs> I don't try to be, but sometimes it just comes out that way. And, 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 but I don't get it, like, I don't get excited about that stuff anymore. And so I think, you know, again, praying that the Spirit of God will really touch their life with the Word of God and it'll make a penetration in their life. I think that's that's where we that's where the long game happens. It happens because God has done something, not because I've done something. My communication, my excitement, my whatever, it, what does it do? It might get somebody crying or it get somebody laughing, maybe. Yeah. Cuz you know, comedians do that, you know. Entertainers like you said, the film industry, they you can go to a movie and it can be a weird story, but it can make you cry yeah. because of the emotion and all that that goes on because we're emotional beings. Absolutely. And there's nothing wrong with emotion. Nope. It's fine, but we can't. I tell my people all the time, I can change your feelings any given moment. I can come over and smack you in the face, and you're going to feel differently than you feel right now. Please don't, sir. And, and, when, and you might it's hit me strong. back, and then we're both going to feel bad, right? Yeah. <laughs> so the point is we can't live by that stuff. It's, it's the word and the spirit that's working in our lives. And, and that's where the longevity comes in, you know? 
Yeah, and perhaps you've, you've heard this illustration, but, you know, you think of all the meals that your mom has made you as you were a kid, you know? You might remember a few of those meals, maybe a birthday cake, you know? Mm -hmm. But it's, it's that consistent day in, day out, keeping you alive, keeping you healthy. Right. That it's, it's the pattern of, like, you know, years worth of meals that have made you the healthy man that you are now. Yeah. Um, mm -hmm. Not necessarily this amazing three-course, carefully prepared um, setting, which is good. And we want our sermons to be well prepared, but yeah, we want to have be a life a lifetime of faithful preaching. Amen. It's more important than Amen. a really good sermon. Right. Yeah. Does that sort of free us up then to not? I feel you know uh, in one particular sermon, I kind of worry about each demographic and non-believers here, or fifty-year-old you know fifty years long Christian is here. How do I touch every single thing? You know, does it kind of if you're playing the long game, does it go okay? I'm gonna I'm going to preach on, I'm going to emphasize this today, mm -hmm. knowing that I'm going to emphasize the counterpoint or say the, the point held in tension next week or mm -hmm. next year even. I do think it frees us up. I, I think there is an aspect of, you know, thinking of who your audience is that's important. But I also think that, that, that we, we're, we're free to, we can't say everything we want to say in any given sermon, even about that subject. Yeah. You can't do it. If you try to do it, I, I went to a preaching, a week-long preaching school by a guy named Stephen Olford when I was young, very young in the Lord, very young in the ministry. And one of the things he said that stuck with me was it's way better to say one thing seven times than to say seven things. Because if you say one thing seven times, people walk out with the one thing. If you take, say seven things, people walk out going, which one, which one of those things makes it's any sense to me? It's a dusting of truth. Yes. Yeah. Instead of, here's, a, here's something I'm driving home to you that I want to, you, you know, want to, well, I want this to get into your heart. And uh, I, I mean, I'm the guy who can easily do a 10-point sermon, you know, and I, I have to guard against that, you know, because I, I want to give them it all, you know. I, I had a guest speaker recently that's a guy who's been around a really long time and really great guy, but we, both my son and I talked about it, and we were like, he tried to give us everything, didn't he? Like, like we knew, like, yeah. like, like yeah. this was his one chance to preach yeah. in a little bigger church for him, and he, he tried to give us everything he had. You know, it was like, eh, well, I mean, he's still good, but you know, you, you watch that and you think, yeah, you can, you can hold it back. And when you're, when you're the pastor and you are preaching every week, yeah, you know, and I've had people come to me after a service and say, well, you missed this point. You know, you didn't say this. He said, well, I'm gonna get there. Come back next week. <laughs> so well, that's excellent. Well, well, Chris Riley, thank you very much. I do really appreciate your time. Thank you for giving up the first half of your lunch break. <laughs> no problem uh, to be here. I could give up my whole lunch break. It wouldn't hurt me any. <laughs> <laughs> Ball guy, he's funny. Yeah. <laughs> great, excellent. Well, thanks for listening, and uh, I will uh, see you in September. All right, sounds great. Thanks, guys. Hey guys, this is Pastor Chris McCarrick, and I'd love to have you come out to uh, the Expositors Collective, which is being held in Howell, New Jersey, at Cornerstone Calvary Chapel on September 20th and 21st of this year. And we would, we would really be excited to see you come. So you can register at expositorscollective.com, and, uh, and we, we really look forward to meeting with you. So love to see you there.